What is faith? Faith is when you're standing on the top of a mountain and you've got to jump. It doesn't matter why. Just hear me. You have no choice. You must jump from the top of that mountain. Faith is believing that when you jump, one of two things will happen. Either the earth is going to come up to meet your feet, or you, my sister, are going to sprout wings. That's faith. And let's really bring this conversation to a given point by saying, I do have the faith that our HBCUs even in these most troubled times, will find a way either for the earth to come up to meet us or we will sprout wings. But let's really end by saying, faith, as the good book says, without work is dead. And so we will keep the faith, but we're also going to do the work. This episode of HBCU Voices, Executive Leaders Unfiltered, was broadcast live from UNCF's annual Unite 2023 convening. On today's HBCU Voices, we had the privilege of sitting down with Spelman College and Bennett College President Emerita, Dr. Janetta Betch Cole. Dr. Cole served as the keynote speaker at this year's convening, and prior to her address, she spoke with us about the state of HBCUs and their transformation, the Supreme Court, and so much more. Visit uncficb.org to see how we are fulfilling the promise of Black higher education and how you can be a part of the experience in 2024. Now let's get into the interview with Dr. Janetta Betch Cole. Good evening, Dr. Cole. The top of the evening to you, my sister. Wow. First of all, let me just say it is an honor to have the opportunity to have you here um, as a part of HBCU Voices Executive Leaders Unfiltered. Uh, we are here in Atlanta, Georgia, July 2023 at Unite. And you will be serving as our keynote speaker given the commencement address tomorrow. What can we expect to hear from you tomorrow? The very first thing that I want to say is thank you. There's an African proverb, and I keep using it. It says, it does no harm to be grateful. So I really am grateful. In a setting that focuses on black higher education, there's really no shortage of individuals who could speak. And so I do feel sincerely 
I feel very honored to be giving the commencement address. Secondly, dear Sister Doctor, I think if it was you who thought of this, or whoever thought of it, it is a terrific idea. A commencement address. Now, who in the world of higher education doesn't know about a commencement address? <laughs> who in the world of education, from the little bitty pumpkins when they're knee-high to a duck, and they get on their little robes and their little caps and they have their commencement. It's a very, very special moment. And tomorrow night, I am charged with doing, with doing exactly what every other commencement address does. And that is, first of all, to celebrate, if it's the graduates, or in this case, it's the higher education community that is committed to black higher education, is to celebrate what has been accomplished. But secondly, a commencement address has to have a charge because it has to say, even though you have, by the grace of God, gotten through this, where are you going? What is the state of the world? What is your responsibility? What counsel can I give you? And so for me tomorrow night, it is to certainly talk about the amazing and grace-filled accomplishments in the black higher education community but I've got to talk about where we are now, the times that we are in, the incredible, I would even say, excessive attacks on education. And therefore, what must we in the black higher education community do in such a time as this. You know, we were with you in Washington, D.C. Uh, at the UNCF Gala, and you shared a great message there. And I think when you look at the very unique timing of this, um, there's some very pointed pieces around the Supreme mm -hmm. Court decision that we know that we have to address. Um, talk a little bit about what your charge is specific in that particular area. Mm -hmm. Well, the first thing I want to do is situate myself. I have been both in the field of education and a social justice activist for a lot of years. And I don't remember a time quite like this. I don't want to get into this, is this the worst time? Is, is this like Reconstruction? I don't want to get into that. I'm just saying this is a particular time when there are assaults on education, period. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then you may know this expression. 
when white folk have a cold, black folk got walking pneumonia. And so when there are attacks on education across the board, I live in a country now where they ban books. I live in a country now where they, in the Supreme Court, have dismantled the most successful way by which marginalized people have received an education. It's called affirmative action. And so when white folk have got a cold, we've got walking pneumonia. We are experiencing incredible attacks. We are being told what we can't read. And so we've gone from a period of enslavement when we were told we dare not read, indeed it was against the law. We are now in a period when we're being told what we cannot read. And what is it we cannot read? We cannot read what those who are creating these laws really can't even explain. If you ask many of the lawmakers in state legislatures, tell me what is critical race theory, in simple language. If we ask, this book that you have banned is written by Toni Morrison. What is it in that book that you find so dangerous? I mean, and so what I am saying is that those of us who believe in education as a single most consistent and effective way for the advancement not just of a people, as if that isn't enough, but for making the world, as Sojourner Truth would say it, get itself right side up again. And so this is an unusually troubling time when you and your colleagues at UNCF have called us together to understand the state that we are in and to be recharged with a response. One of the things about your past is your legacy associated with Spelman College and Bennett College. A major part of the theme is transformation. Talk to us about your transformational work at Spelman College and at, at Bennett College. Well, I, I love the word that, that you have just put into this space for us. Transformation. Because if I were asked to just give one, one word to describe the function, the role, the responsibility of education, it is indeed transformation. It's first of all transformation by the acquisition of knowledge. Whoever this individual is, is going to learn about herself, about himself, 
about their self, about their people, about their world, but not just for the sake of acquiring knowledge, but because knowledge can transform who they are and how they move through the world. But I believe that education has a second role, a second transformative role, and that is to help an individual understand how that individual can participate in the transformation of our world into a better one. And so if one simply acquires all of this knowledge and does nothing with it, if one can easily just stand up and recite the second theory of thermodynamics and physics, that's not enough. Because as Dr. King said, that is not all that you must do. Even if you know the second theory of thermodynamics in physics, what you really got to do is to figure out how to improve your own life, the life of your people, and the life of your society and your world. So I love the word transformation. Yes. That was a pretty long response. No, but, it was a perfect But it's response. a powerful word. Yes. It's a necessary process. So as we were preparing for this uh, transformational experience and this gathering, um, we did our homework. Uh, we interviewed people from all over the country about their genetical story. Mm. And uh, we'll have a great video that you'll get to see tomorrow evening. Ooh. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to ask you two questions. One, I want you to comment on one individual in particular, because when we decided we wanted to have you be a part of this, uh, it was recommended that we go spend some time with Beverly Guy Chef Talk. Mm. And I just would love to invert the question that we asked everyone and ask you to tell us your Beverly Guy Chef Talk story. Oh. Well, I could tell you a story that is centered as recently as a matter of about an hour ago. Okay. When with my bestie, I love that term that, that the younger generation uses. Yeah. We should just say, well, you know, my best friend or my best friends. They, they're so creative, this generation. <laughs> my bestie. Bestie. Beverly is a force in my life. And I can say with absolute certainty, without her, I could not have had a successful experience at Spelman College. Mm. When I went to that incredibly special institution, of course I knew of Beverly through my own scholarship, through my own activism as a black woman feminist, but we really had not met. And once we did, 
Beverly and yet another sister friend, Paula Giddings, were in a sense on either side of me. Yes, I was a professor. Yes, I was an anthropologist. I had once even been a, an administrator, but I didn't know Spellman. And they were just so affected in the way that they lovingly taught me and challenged me to do some things that uh, were pretty bodacious. Beverly and I, of course, have gone on to become not only sister friends, but co-authors. We are very proud of the book we wrote together called Gender Talk, mm -hmm. The Struggle for Women's Equality in Black Communities. We are in constant touch. We just talked today about the possibility of writing an article together, um, something that is very, very important and I think might be highly controversial. But we just today talked about perhaps it would be of service if the two of us, as straight black women, wrote about the way that we have been and will continue to be allies of the LGBTQ students and faculty and administrators, especially on our historically black colleges and universities. And of course, that's easy for Beverly and me to do because we are allies. And because, for example, one of her most recent and important accomplishments is something that I feel I have helped in a small way to make possible. And that is, for the first time now, Spelman College has a chair in queer studies named for Audre Lord. So I better stop, because I can talk <laughs> about my bestie for a very long time. I don't know of another black feminist scholar um, of today. I'm not talking about if we have to go to Anna Julia Cooper, if we're going to go back to Ida B. Wells, if we're going to talk about Dr. Mary McLeod Bethune. I don't know of another black woman feminist scholar who I think has contributed what Beverly Gottschaftal has contributed. Now, we've talked to a lot of people about who you are, mm -hmm. but I would love for you just to respond as we wrap up to who is Janetta Besh Cole? Well, I think each of us each of us, each of us is 
the coming together of our experiences, our lived experiences, what the transformative process of education has contributed, and certainly the challenges that we've had to face. And so I'm all of that. I am certainly a product of the South, born in Jacksonville, Florida. But I am, as I will talk about tomorrow night, really so much a product of black higher education and even specifically of United Negro College Fund Institutions. I mean, when I think about the number of folk in my family who are the products of these institutions. And so I'm all of that. I am the result of an extraordinary black family that told me don't go for that hokey dope that says as the dominant narrative, the accepted narrative, that I am by definition incapable of ever being as worthy as a white person. I am the result of a family that said, you cannot believe that. And you have every responsibility to push against it. But I'm also the product or the result of a family that was mighty pushy, you know, who decided I had to go to school at age five because I had to get started with being educated. And then I had to go off to Fisk at age 15. I'm also a mom with three sons and now four. Three that I birthed and one that I loved no less through marriage. And it's important for me to say that I have never assumed that every woman is to be understood only if she is a mother. Because that is really her only role in life. And by the way, that's something that having the very close relationship that I have with Beverly Guy Sheftal uh, has helped me to understand. But I am a mom, and when I'm asked sometimes what do I think are the most important things that I've accomplished, mm -hmm. I will include raising feminist sons. Mm -hmm. Because whether one chooses or wants to be or is forced to be a mother, the possibility of affecting the lives of men 
when they are young, is the most revolutionary way, I think, that we can deal with gender inequality. So I've rambled much too far to say, who am I? But I can't end without saying that I think of my many roles, one that I cherish is being a mentor. And obviously that's something that I learned early in my life through being an educator. It's something that I certainly continue to do now. It's what I so cherished at Spelman and at Bennett. But I want to say that I think I think mentoring is often misunderstood because it's seen as a process by which this person of a certain age and a lot of experience gets to teach this young man. And I have to say, I believe so deeply in reciprocity. Any relationship that is truly satisfying involves reciprocity. And so if I am teaching as a mentor, I also expect to learn. Wonderful African proverb that says, she who teaches must learn, and she who learns must teach. And so I am all of the things I have described. I am a woman of faith. I am a social justice activist. I am, let me sum it up. I am with the rest of the folk who join Ella Baker in that song that Sweet Honey and the Rock sings so well. We who believe in freedom will not rest until it comes. So that may be the single best way to describe me. I'm not yet at rest. A special thank you to Dr. Janetta Betch Cole for joining us at Unite 2023 and for speaking with us on this episode of HBC Voices Executive Leaders Unfiltered. To see more of the events of Unite 2023 and for information on next year's convening, visit uncficb.org unite. This episode of HBC Voices is brought to you by UNCF's Institute for Capacity Building. I am your host, Dr. Zilla Fluker. See you next time.